evil minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of death's construction. In the fields of bodies burning. As the war machine keeps turning. Death and hatred to mankind. Poisoning. Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow, Slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Duscombe, responsible for any electoral comment that passes forth through my lips during the next 56 minutes. As I said, the Anarchist World this week, the Community Anarchy is all about, very simple, anarchos without rulers. How do you create... Society without rulers, you devolve power, you share wealth. So anybody who's involved in the struggle to devolve power and share wealth, whether they accept it or not, is an anarchist because that's what it's about. It's about creating institutional and social structures which allow people to develop themselves to their fullest potential through being involved in decision-making processes, normally through direct democratic process, but not exclusively, and by being able to share in the Commonwealth by the fact that they exist, not what side of the blanket or they were born on or what side of the railway tracks they live on. This is the anarchist world this week. Now, look, if during the course of the program you get bored, I understand, you know, it's that type of type of period in our lives, you know, people get bored very quickly these days, you know, they need to be constantly stimulated. Well, if you want to be constantly stimulated, I suggest you get a massage machine, because um, I won't be constantly stimulating you, but if you want to uh, get your uh, non-synapsing neurons working well, I suggest you listen to the Anarchist World this week, because I can assure you, the analysis you hear today, you will not hear on the government gilded ABC or the corporate-owned media. Now, just to remind people that if you are in the city of Melbourne and you're here on a Wednesday night from 6pm to 9pm, I host a little dinner, you know, where you pay your own way. You don't have to pay anybody else's way, but you are expected to pay your own way. 392, it's La Porchetta Restaurant, the original, the number one, the one that was a originally set up about 30 years ago, 392 Raftdown Street, Carlton North. You don't have to buy anything. You can just come along and have a sip of water if you wish and get involved in the discussion. We have a uh, private room set aside, so uh, the more the merrier. Now, also tonight, if you turn up and you've got the opportunity to go to the uh, public housing meeting at the Moreland Town Hall on a Thursday night, we need some people to uh, take a banner across and uh, hand out some leaflets. So if you are interested, turn up and we're happy to give you the banner and the leaflets as uh, some of us can't make it to that meeting. So 
you can come in, have a meal and go away <laughs> with work to do. That's the beauty of uh, having dinner with yours truly. Now, other sites you can look at, and I'll give them at the beginning of the program today and do something a bit radically different. If you want to leave me a message, uh, 0439 395489. Don't expect me to ring back straight away, but I will get back to you within 24 hours. 0439 395489. You can write to me. Yes, we do enter letters to Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. If you want to join public interest before corporate interests and you know, you're sick and tired of being on the sideline, sick and tired of waiting for other people to do things for you, and you're, and you're one of the people we've been waiting for, well, then, it's very simple. Download the application form from Pipsy, P-I-B-C-I dot net, and join one of the fastest growing political movements and parties in this country. Uh, a few Facebook pages, the Peter Norman Commemoration Committee Facebook page, uh, the uh, Toscano for the public, Joseph Toscano, what else? Uh, Pipsy Facebook page, web page, anarchismedia.org. It's all there, all interlinked. Get on board, get involved. And that's the key, isn't it? Because really there's no point sitting back waiting, is there? It's a little bit like waiting for the daybreak, you know. There's really no point because it's going to happen anyway. But uh, if you think you're gonna, things are going to happen, well, they're not going to happen. It's not like the daybreak, which all happens, you know, in a 24-hour cycle. Things don't happen unless people get involved. And if you look at all the major forward thrusts in human history over thousands, if not tens of thousands of years, you'll notice somebody's got up one day and said, hmm... I think slavery is un- unacceptable and a mass movement is created over decades to the point where slavery, although an issue in some parts of the world, is no longer the issue it was. You know, where people justified slavery as they do in the, uh, you know, our, our little friends in, uh, what do they call themselves? Oh, yes, Islamic State justify slavery because it's in the Koran. Well, the Christians justified justify slavery 300 years ago because it was in the Bible. So obviously you can interpret anything you like. But that's the key. If you want change, if you want security, if you want to be able to share in the common wealth, if you want to be involved in the decision-making processes, if you want to right a wrong, if you want to expose corruption, if you want to ensure that uh, the commonwealth is used for the common good, well, if you're waiting for somebody else to do it for you, it ain't going to happen. And if there's one thing I'd like you to take away from the anarchist world this week is that it's people like you and me that make the difference. And if you think we don't make a difference, we do make a difference. We make the difference. Every week we make the difference. Every day we make the difference. The fact that we put our bodies and our minds on the line Lift our heads above the parapet, irrespective of the bullets coming our way. That's what makes a difference. Not working up the right channels. Okay, now that we've done the uh, sermon, let's look at what's happening around the world. Well, mainly in Australia today. I don't know if you ever were expelled from high school, primary school, kindergarten for uh, what's to be unacceptable behaviour. Well... I like to use the word 
about expulsion because historically expulsion was the way that people got rid of their troublemakers. They expelled them from the community and they had to fight for themselves. And if you're expelled from a uh, community and you're in the wilderness, it's very hard to survive by yourself because obviously we are (coughs) social animals and we need to cooperate in order to survive because of a hostile external environment. But what I've seen over the last three or four decades is the expulsion of segments of the population from the community via their expulsion from the from the economy and expulsion from society and expulsion from the political process. And we see an increasing anger, an undefined anger rippling across the community as more and more people find themselves looking in from outside the barbed wire fence. And that's what we've seen with the deregulation, privatisation, corporatisation, globalisation revolution. We've seen whole segments of society expelled from the economic processes. And in a capitalist society, when you expel somebody from the economy, especially somebody who's able to work, you basically terminate their life as a member of a community you make it exceptionally difficult for them to be productive because at the end of the day, it's all about dollars and cents. It's about money. If you don't have the money to pay your rent, out on your ear. If you don't have the money to pay your mortgage, your house is repossessed. If you don't have the money to pay buy food, you have to go begging. And the list goes on and on. So when people are expelled from the economy, as we have seen, in the drive to increase corporate profits, irrespective of the human, social, environmental and national costs, we have this undefined anger, increased anxiety within the community, increasing feelings of uneasiness. People tend to move in a more violent direction either inwards or outwards. It was quite interesting to look at the statistics regarding suicide in Australia over the last uh, year. And obviously this is one of the few death rates that continues to increase year after year after year. And last year there were 3,000 successful, in inverted commas, suicides. For every successful suicide, there's usually at least 10 to 20 unsuccessful suicides. And we've seen an explosion of self-loathing, of self-hatred, of anxiety, of depressive illnesses, as people, not just, not just those that are expelled from the economy, who don't have so-called marketable skills, but all those people who find themselves parked behind the barbed wire fence, enjoying the good life, in inverted commas, 
finding that they have to spend more and more and more time working in order to enjoy the good life. And you can extrapolate this in terms of family violence, interpersonal violence, self-loathing, depression, hatred. And unfortunately in our society, we have a medical model to deal with what are called psychological and psychiatric issues. And we're finding that more and more medical models have been thrust up in an attempt to deal with what is essentially, not totally, but essentially a social problem, a problem of alienation and dislocation, which is directly linked to the type of society we have created over the last four to five decades, directly linked. And if you look at the suicide list and you look at the postcodes, you will find the highest suicide rates occur in the areas which are most exploited. I never use the word disadvantaged. There's no such thing as being disadvantaged. People are exploited. Because obviously people reach a point where enough is enough. So it's not enough to have counselling sessions, which can be helpful, or pills, which can be helpful. But we need to look at the wider question of why in Western society, in Australian society, we are seeing a tsunami of anxiety, depressive related inwards. As people turn inwards, turn inwards looking for a solution, thinking that somehow if they get a better partner or do another course or stand on their head, that somehow things will improve for them when they are part of a community, a society. Think about it. Join the dots. Join the dots. I say to people, join the dots. Let's not medicalise inequality. Let's not medicalise the problems which are directly related to exploitation of individuals and segments of our community. Let's not medicalise the problems related to increasing levels of interpersonal violence, social isolation. Let's look at the underlying issues because it doesn't matter how many jails you build, how many laws you pass, how many psychologists you have, how many pills you give out, how many counselling sessions you do, that if we don't actually tackle that central issue of who we are, how we're organised, how wealth is created, how it's distributed, how decisions are made, who makes decisions, nothing will change. You listen to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name's Joseph Scarum, hosting today's programme. You know, sometimes I think I must be an idiot. I can see you all cheery, <laughs> throwing your head, hats up in the air if you've got a hat. It is, you know, it is racing season 
soon, so everybody's got to have a hat, aren't they? And, uh, well, those that go, maybe. I can see you saying, yeah, he's an idiot. He's an idiot. Now, we've just had a Royal Commission, which is still going on. We've had an interim report from the Royal Commission into, uh, you know, the banking sector and financial institutions. And guess what? Guess what? What we've been saying for decades on the Anarchist World this week, for decades, has come to pass. Not that anybody will acknowledge that we've been saying it, because obviously we don't count. We're just marginal, you know, marginal people of no impact in society as far as they're concerned. And let's not forget that our current Prime Minister, Mr Morrison, I think his name is, you know, um, I think he voted 27 times against holding a Royal Commission of the Banking Sector, but that's another story. So the Royal Commissioner, give him his credit, does a report. He says it's all about greed. And it's all about regulatory authorities not exercising their power. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, okay, all right, sounds all right. Greed, greed. You don't think we're a bloody idiots? Well, they must think we're idiots. Or maybe they're not as bright as we think they are. I mean, the one critical, essential central issue that has been brought forward by the Royal Commission to the Banking and Financial Sector has been the utter, utter corruption of an economic system which is based on a simple premise. Well, everybody else is jumping up and down saying, oh, it's about the greed, it's about commissions, it's about greed. It's interesting how so few people have looked beyond the greed. What creates the greed? And let's not forget that in a capitalist society, the essence, the very mission statement, the very heart and soul, spirit of a corporate organisation or any business organisation is its ability to make a profit. It's all very well for us to say that the banking gurus have a responsibility to their customers. This is not the nature of the beast. You can't get a snow leopard to become, you know, change its spots unless you do some radical surgery. And that's what we need to do on the banking sector because the essence of a corporation is to maximise profits for their major shareholders irrespective of the human, social, environmental and national costs. And if I had a dollar... For every time I've said this over the last 41 years on the Anarchist World this week, I wouldn't be here. I'd be sunning myself in the Bahamas unless a hurricane was coming. Think about it. They've got no responsibility to their customers. They're there to be gouged. They have no responsibility to the nation state or to the environment. 
or the community? Let's get this right. If they don't make a profit, they go bankrupt. So, where has the problem been? Now, obviously, anybody with one, 50% of one synapse in neuron functioning would know that this is the very essence of corporate capitalism. Now, over the last 40 years, we've had government after government after government of all political colours in this country telling us telling you and me that we can trust them. That we can trust them. That we need to remove the fetters. We need to remove the chains from the werewolves and the vampires. Because ultimately, irrespective of what they do, As long as they make a profit, it's good for jobs and it's good for the economy. So after the last, sorry, over the last 40 years, over the last 40 years, we've seen legislation after legislation after legislation after legislation go through both houses of federal parliament and most of the state parliaments which have watered down the regulations removed the change, the chains that kept the corporate beasts tethered to reality. We have allowed them to grow exponentially to such an extent where one man owns 70% of the print network and wants to own 70% of the, you know, the air economy in this country, Mr Murdoch. We have allowed, through corporatisation, by passing laws which allow companies to merge and become bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger till they get to the stage where they can't... It's impossible for them to fail because if they fail, there are major ramifications for society. We have allowed this to occur. And we have allowed them to extend their tentacles overseas and allow those from overseas to put their tentacles in this country. Eight-legged octopuses ripping your jewels, your watches, off your ring, off your fingers and your wrists and rifling your pockets. We said, it's all right. It's okay. This is the way forward. Give them their head. Remove the regulations which protect the economy, which protect their customers. Give them. They'll be all right. We can trust them. That's right. I've done it. I've used the T word. I'm sorry. It's not a culture of greed. The culture of greed is embedded in the financial system we are currently saddled with. And when did it all go wrong? Well, it all went wrong when the Commonwealth Bank was privatised in 1982 by the Hawke-Keating Labor government. Because before then, you had a government guarantee 
on deposits, on depositors who put their money in the Commonwealth Bank because it was owned by the government of the day. The Commonwealth Bank, when it was in public hands, kept the other banks in order. It provided real competition in a mixed economy. And you had a real choice. You could put your money in a privately owned bank or you could put your money in the Commonwealth Bank and if the Commonwealth Bank made a profit from your money, that money would go back to Treasury and it would be reinvested in the community because the Commonwealth Bank didn't lose money. It was a profitable enterprise which had been built up over 70 years because it was first formed in 1911 and was formed for the very reason to provide capital to you know, small people, ordinary people, working people, small businesses, because the big banks, which had failed in the 1890s, refused to lend to them. So we had in 1982, with the privatisation of the Commonwealth Bank, what actually happened is the gates to the dungeon were opened. And these screaming monsters rushed out and began slowly initially and then rapidly to devour the community, maximising their profits at the expense of every single other person. And what do the governments of the day do? They get some nets and catch them and put them back in the dungeon and close the doors and set up a new people's bank owned by the Commonwealth government. No, they said, hello, hello, what a nice little monster. They forgot those arse little monsters become big monsters later on. I know I'm... It's just so ludicrous. This is, this is totally ludicrous that the Royal Commissioner comes out and says, it's greed. It's greed. The regulators didn't do their job. And then we get the Morrisons of the world and the new treasurer, Mr. Frydenberg, whatever his name is, get up and say, well, we're going to do something about this. This is terrible. It's a little bit. It's a little bit. Like a rapist getting up and saying, oh, this is all terrible. We need to do something about it. Because we find ourselves in this situation today because of government legislation at the federal and state level which has been enacted by both, by both major political parties in this country. And for them to stand up and say that they're not responsible, that it's the regulator's fault, that it's the banking sector's fault, is the biggest, largest whopping lie I have heard on the 66 years I've been on this planet. They are not willing to take responsibility for unleashing 
the deregulation, corporatisation, globalisation, privatisation legislation which has forced us into this situation. You listen to The Atticus World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. All right, Joe. So, you've been, you know, what a wonderful speech. So what are you going to do about it, boy? What are you going to do about it? Well, the answer is simple. It is so Obvious. It is so apparent. And what is extraordinary is the, how few people come up with the answer. And the answer is very simple. You recreate the Commonwealth Bank. You can call it the People's Bank, the Australian People's Bank, whatever. You recreate a government bank. A bank which is owned by the government, and if you want the people to own it, you incorporate its ownership in the Australian Constitution. I am 100% certain that if you put a referendum to the Australian people that said, do you want a new government-owned People's Bank whose ownership is incorporated in the Australian Constitution, 92% would vote yes. Because it provides... Stability. And you have a real choice. Do you invest in the government of the day and hopefully the profits will be redistributed to the people? Or do you invest your money in private entities whose major responsibility is to create ever-increasing profits for their major shareholders? And once you've got a significant people's bank, which is owned by the government of the day, it acts as a competitive force. If the other banks increase their interest rates and you don't, well, guess where the money's going to flow? Even an economic illiterate, an idiot like me knows that. Extraordinary. Just extraordinary. That's why I'm an idiot and I'm broadcasting to idiots, obviously, because that's what they think we are. They must think we are are the dullest, dumbest, most stupid individuals, human beings on the planet in the history of humanity if they expect us to swallow this garbage. Okay, let's move on. Something positive. Positive. See, the thing about positive things is that we create them. We don't rely on them to create them. And I'd like to talk about something which I consider to be exceptionally positive. And I'll tell you why. And I will tell you why. Almost 50 years ago to the day, the 16th of October is the actual date, a young athlete, an Australian athlete, Mr Peter Norman, I think he's 25, won the uh, silver medal at the Mexico Olympics, I think in a record time of 20 seconds, and 50 years later, his record has never been beaten by an Australian athlete. Now, if he was a jock, that would have been the end of it, okay? 
Who would have remembered Peter Norman in 50 years' time? Nobody would have remembered Peter Norman in 50 years' time. There's been many great athletes. I'm not denigrating what they've done. Obviously, they've worked very hard, and in the majority of cases, they've got no payment for it, especially the Olympic movement. That's the end of the story. Well, it's not the end of the story. Peter Norman was different. And he was different because you and me and each of every one of our listeners and their children and grandchildren and friends and enemies can be Peter Norman. 1968 was an exceptionally important year in world history. The world was a-rocking. The Russians had invaded Czechoslovakia after it tried to achieve independence. There were riots in Paris in May 1968 which shook the government to its very foundations as people power exercised itself. There were riots in the US of A, race riots, as people tried to obtain the liberties they had been promised in the USA's constitutional framework. And the American track and field contingent, which was dominated by Afro-Americans, fought long and hard about whether they would boycott the Mexico Olympics. But they decided to go. And on the 16th of October, 1968, Peter Norman, this wet-behind-the-ears, 23, 24-year-old, from Melbourne, Australia, was approached by Tommy Smith, the gold medalist in the 200-metre race, and John Carlos, the bronze medalist in the 200-metre race. And they said, they told him what they were going to do. They told him about their human rights salute. They told him they were going to make a stand for human rights, universal human rights. And Peter Norman bought into their struggle. He said, I will stand with you. Four words. Sorry, five words. I will stand with you. And on the dais, when they received their medals, he wore a badge called the Olympic Project for Human Rights, which was the badge which was being worn by American athletes who were involved in that struggle for racial equality. He bought into their struggle. He could have said, no, nope, not interested, piss off, I'm just, I just want me to get a silver medal. But he said, I will stand with you. And he paid a price. And he paid a price for that stand. In a country which still had a white Australia policy in 1968, in a country which just a year previously had legislated to count Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders as human beings. And he paid an enormous right price, both personally, that in that moment, in that iconic image of the 20th century, one of the iconic images of the 20th century, where Mr Smith and Mr Carlos raise 
their hands in the human rights salute. And Mr Norman stands there. He chose his family. He chose to be with the exploited and oppressed. He recognised that human rights are for everyone. So in order to celebrate that moment, not to celebrate his achievements as an athlete, but the Australian Athletics Association obviously will do that in an attempt to rehabilitate their reputation after denigrating the Norman legacy for decades, at least now they're trying to rehabilitate themselves in the eyes of the community. The Peter Norman Commemoration Committee, which was set up over a year ago, whose patrons are Peter Norman's family, he's a... I think, yeah, his family, his four daughters and one and son. We are holding a Peter Norman week. Not to celebrate his achievements as an athlete, although we recognise his achievements of athlete. Not to eulogise the man. I'll get that right one day. But to... Honour the stand, and to understand for us to understand that whether we want to live in a society free of racism, free of sexism, free of inequality, free of oppression, free of religious intolerance, we need to stand up. And every day, each and every one of us finds ourselves in situations which we find ourselves uncomfortable in because we are not happy with the tone of that conversation and we need to stand up. So the idea of holding Peter Norman Week, which will be held from Tuesday the 9th of October to Tuesday the 16th of October, is to honour the struggle for universal human rights to ensure that struggle continues until those inequalities are addressed. And the key about Peter Norman is not that it's about Peter Norman, it's about you. It is about you. At the end of the day, it's about you and what you are willing to do. Do you turn your back and walk away? Or do you stand up and say to those that have been pushed around, bullied, oppressed, do you say, I will stand with you? Or will you join the oppressors? So this week is about you. Obviously, Peter Norman was a man. Obviously, he had feet of clay. Obviously, he had shortcomings as a human being, as each and every one of us has. What he did on that day on the 16th of October 1968, almost 50 years ago, is an extraordinary, positive aspect of the human spirit. It shows that we, each and every one of us bleeds if we're cut, that we're all essentially from the same family. 
So what can you do? Well, we need your help. No, we don't want your cash. You can relax. We leave that to the corporate octopuses. They've got their uh, tentacles in your pockets right now. Now, the 9th of October in 2006 was designated as Peter Norman Day when his funeral was held in, uh, I think it was Coburg in Melbourne. The American Track and Field Association sent out a representative and Mr Carlos and Mr Smith acted as pallbearers for, for Peter Norman. And they declared the 9th of October, the day of his funeral, as Peter Norman Day. So this year, as we've done for the last five years, we'll be holding a gathering on Peter Norman Day, which is next Tuesday, the 9th of October at midday, outside the Melbourne Town Hall. That's right. Peter Norman Day, Tuesday, the 9th of October, midday, outside the Melbourne Town Hall. Open microphone. Not relying on keynote speakers. This rally is about you. Because Peter Norman Week is essentially about you. Will you turn your back? Will you join the oppressors? Or will you stand with the oppressed? Will you say, I will stand with you and do what you can? So it's an open microphone and we'd like people to come along and tell us why they're there what the day means to them. Now, on Thursday, the 11th of October, at 7pm, I'll be conducting a human rights forum, Peter Norman's Human Rights Legacy, Past, Present and Future, on Thursday, the 11th of October, at 7pm, at the Coburg Library, in Melbourne, at the corner of Victoria and Louisa Street, Coburg, to which you're all invited. Obviously, there's no entry fee or any of these things. Now, if you're athletically minded, on Saturday the 13th of October, the Victorian Athletics Association will be holding a Peter Norman Classic, a women's 200 metres race at 2.30pm and a men's 200 metres race at 4pm at the Tom Kelly Athletics Track at 123 George Street in Doncaster. And most importantly of all, on Tuesday, the 16th of October, from 10am to 4pm, we'll be holding I Will Stand With You Peter Norman Human Rights Summit at the Melbourne Unitarian Peace Memorial Church at 110 Gray Street in East Melbourne, to which each and every one of you are invited to. We've got a number of keynote speakers. We've got a, uh, and I'll talk more about that next week, entertainment. And if you want lunch, it's $12 per person. And uh, all the money goes to Sampari Catering, which is a West Papuan group, which is involved in the West Papua independence struggle. You don't have to ring anybody. You don't have to get permission. You don't have to put your money in your pocket unless you want to eat. So just turn up 10am to 4pm and I'll speak more about that next week. But the main thing to remember is between now and next week, the thing you need to remember is Tuesday the 9th of October, 12pm, outside the Melbourne Town Hall, 
celebrate Peter Norman Day. Come along, listen to the speakers, speak yourself, make up your mind. You can do three things. If you find yourself in the situation Peter Norman found himself in, he didn't want to find himself in this situation. He had no idea this was going to happen. This is what happened. He had a choice. Each and every one has a choice. You can walk away and say, ah, nah, nothing to do with me. Nah, nah, I don't want anything to do with this. Ah, sounds ugly. Or you can join in the oppressors and you can start kicking people and say, oh, I like this, you know. Or you can do what Peter Norman did. You can stand up and say, I will stand with you and you can stare down the oppressors. You can show people that the struggle for equality, irrespective of race and gender, sexual orientation, and the list goes on and on, is critical to the human experience. I will stand with you. Human Rights Week, uh, 9th of October to the 16th of October, held here in Melbourne. If you want more information... Go to the Facebook page, Peter Norman Commemoration Committee, Peter Norman Commemoration Committee. Or you can go to the Facebook page, or you can go to the webpage, PeterNormanCC.com. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network, and I hope to see many of you on uh, Tuesday the 9th of October outside the Melbourne Town Hall to celebrate Peter Norman Day. And why outside the Melbourne Town Hall? Because we are currently in a campaign to convince the Melbourne City Council to create an interactive monument in what is described as one of the world's most successful multicultural city to the importance of standing up like Peter Norman did for people's rights. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Now, look, sometimes things are so pathetic, you really wonder what planet you're living on. You really wonder. Now, look, I live in Victoria. Sorry. I apologise. It's better than where I came from, which was, I was born in Queensland, but that's another story during the Bjelke-Peterson era where I uh, was a refugee, but that's a different story. But I cannot believe the pathetic aspect of the political debate concerning the Victorian state election on the 24th of November. I heard some Victorian state government minister who's responsible for transport crap on about the fact that the opposition leader a few months ago claimed that the train he was going to, you know, that wanted to build was going to go at 160 kilometres an hour. Now it's changed, you know, to 200 kilometres an hour. And I thought, What? Am I listening to this crap on national radio? And then, the day before, we see one of the foremost, you know, so-called, you know, print media networks in this country and the opposition, in this case, the Victorian opposition, 
crapping on about the fact there's been a cost blowout in installing sensors on power lines in regional Victoria so that 171 people won't die again in the next next uh, big forest fires in the state of Victoria. And I think to myself, is this the level of the debate? Extraordinary. I can't believe it. So, and then I hear people talk about tunnels and trains and trams and roads as if there's an orgy of construction. I'm thinking, how about people? Human beings, flesh and blood. How about people? How about the issue of housing? The elephant in the room? Where's the debate? Where are the policies? There ain't any boys and girls. There ain't any policies regarding housing. And that's why public housing, everybody's business, which I'm convener of, is holding a 10-day vigil on the steps of what's left of the steps because three quarters of them are covered by construction at the minute, the Victorian Parliament House from the 14th to the 24th of November. But that's another story. Now, I'm particularly aggrieved by the Minister for Housing, Mr... What's his name? Foley, I think. Martin Foley or something. Victorian Minister for Housing. Who's setting a train of events which will see a Labor government privatise what's left of the public housing sector by handing over, handing it over to the social and community housing sector, which are private organisations. You know, a little bit like the Salvation Army, which, uh, you know, gets $5 billion from the federal government, you know, to run so-called employment programs. The list goes on and on, you know. Let's give them the housing portfolio. I like it. So there are consequences. There are consequences to policies. There are political consequences. And I'm seriously thinking of running a campaign from the steps of the Victorian Parliament House from the 14th to 24th of November by standing as an independent candidate in the seat of Albert Park, which is the seat which the Minister, you know, is in, which has a significant public housing in Albert Park. So if you're in the Albert Albert Park electorate, you think public housing is everybody's business. You'd like to see somebody go in there and uh, use a wrecking ball as far as their campaign is concerned to privatise public housing. Well, I'm your man. Well, I'd like to be, but I need to be nominated. So if you live in Albert Park or uh, where else? South Melbourne, Port Melbourne, Docklands, parts of St Kilda, near the Albert Park electorate, give me a call. Nominate me. I'm looking for people to nominate me. 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489. Or you can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Or you can even write to me at Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052. You can do a private message on my Facebook page, Toscano for the Public, or my Facebook page, Joseph Toscano. So it's very simple. You can stand back and tut-tut all you like. You can cross your heart. You can cry. You can pull out your hair. You can laugh at the stupidity of the current debate. But unless you get your hands dirty, unless you put your feet in the mud, 
they're not going to listen to you. They don't care if 50 people spend 10 days on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House on the public housing issue. They may care if there's 500. They will care if there's 1,000. So set aside that day. But don't forget, Peter Norman Day, Tuesday the 9th of October, outside Melbourne Town Hall, nice little quad, quadrangle there where we were last week. Come along, join us midday. We'll be there for about an hour. Bring your thoughts. Come along. Stand up for universal human rights. And if you can't make it and you find yourself in one of those tricky situations, don't forget, you can walk away, you can kick the person who's down, or you can stand with them. And if there's one thing to remember, Peter Norman's legacy is not his athletics legacy. It's the fact that he made that decision to stand with people who have been oppressed and exploited. You've been listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name is Oftoscano. I'm, I'm responsible for any political comment I've made during the program. Unlike those e-bullies, you know who I am. You know my name. I'm not anonymous. I'm not like the federal government who's kowtowed to Facebook and Twitter and Google by investigating, conducting a review in the e-safety commissioner because guess what? They're unhappy because she's landing a few punches on these giants. And what does the federal government does? Oh, we will conduct a review and remove her powers. So, no anonymity. Join me tonight, 392 Raftown Street, Carlton North. Join us in the dinner. Have a bit of a laugh. Pay your own way. See you there. And don't forget that public housing meeting at uh, Coburg Town... Not Coburg. Moreland Town Hall uh, tomorrow at 7pm. Uh, Turn up. And if you can deliver, you can distribute some leaflets to the meeting, come along, pick them up, take the banner. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com. You can go to my Facebook pages, Toscano for the Public or Joseph Toscano. You can go to the uh, Peter Norman Commemoration Committee Facebook page. Have a look, or the webpage, have a look at the program for the week, the 9th to the 16th of uh, October, Peter Norman Human Rights Week. You can go to the PIPSI website, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest, pipsi.net, download the application form, join PIPSI today. No point complaining. Nobody's going to listen. Let's form a political organisation that has both a social and a political dimension. Thank you once again to the people of the Community Radio Satellite for broadcasting the anarchist world this week on the Community Radio Network. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week, Australia's Sacred Cow Slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds Oh, Lord, yeah.